Welcome to The Human Beat. I'm Roger Rocca. We're talking today about the Columbia Inn, which Clatsop County has purchased to provide housing for people who are homeless. Our guests are Monica Steele, the Assistant County Manager, Viviana Matthews, the Executive Director of Clatsop Community Action, and Terry Steenbergen, Executive Director of The Harbor. I'd like to start from the very beginning, from um, my past four years experience as a, a city councilor. I know cities are really struggling to figure out how to provide housing for people who are homeless. So Monica Steele, Assistant County Manager, if I can start with you, how did the county manage to bring this about? So, um... The state started offering um, funding through what is, was originally called Project Turnkey, and the county submitted an application, and the concept of Project Turnkey was taking vacant hotels and turning them into emergency shelters. Well, um, as many people know, Clatsop County doesn't have very many vacant hotels because we're a tourist destination. And so though we submitted an application, it was not a very strong application since we didn't have a site identified. Um, funding came about after that for what's called Project Turnkey 2.0. And we reached out to um, Oregon Community Foundation, who was um, kind of spearheading spearheading the efforts by the state and leading this process. And we had a conversation with them about, you know, that per capita, Clatsop County has had the highest homeless rate for, you know, several years now um, and more than double than the next highest. And that, you know, trying to identify a vacant hotel is virtually impossible. And so um, they encouraged us to apply again to um, not, not name a site again, but they provided us with the name of um, some realtors who might be able to reach out because it's kind of a, it's a unique niche in regards to realtors who, who, who sell hotels. And so um, we were able to work with um, Brian Resendivez um, from a realty firm up in the Portland area, and he reached out to some of his um, contacts, and that's how um, he was able to identify a potential seller. So we continued to work with um, the Community Foundation, and then that's when we were notified that we were um, tentatively approved for funding. And so we had to go through the process of negotiating a price, um, negotiating what sorts of improvements would have to happen to the site um, to be utilized for this purpose. We moved forward from there and, um, and then we were awarded. So the county did not buy this property. Um, the, the funding never even came to the county for the purchase of this property. Um, it all went directly from the state. Um, they, they, they closed the deal and they named the county on the deed of the property. So we own the property, but we never paid for it. Um, what they also provided us with was approximately $500,000 in funding to do those improvements. And so we have to do some life and safety improvements because if you're going to be using it as a year-round shelter per code, you need to have um, sprinkler and fire alarm systems put in there. Um, you have to have ADA compliance um, in 
in, in regards to some of the restrooms and common spaces that people are going to be accessing. We had to do some environmental assessments, making sure that there's no lead and asbestos. And, and if there was some, which there was down in some crawl spaces, have that removed, which we've done. And then um, just trying to uh, convert the space from being um, hotel beds to something that is going to be a little bit more conducive for um, a, a congregate sort of setting because and, and this I don't want to lead into your next questions, but some of this is going to be emergency shelter beds, kind of like a congregate congregate setting, and then others are going to be for um, families and domestic violence um, clients that uh, have more individualized space so they will have um, similar to a, a hotel room. The county itself won't be operating the facility. It will be um, uh, Clatsop Community Action and the Harbor. And we have uh, from Clatsop Community Action, we have the Executive Director Viviana Matthews with us today. And Viviana, can you kind of explain what your role in this will be? Our role here at CCA, it's doing the operational of the shelter of the, of the Columbia Inn and partnering with the Harbor to make sure that we are going to be um, offering our services to the designated demographic that we stated in our application to the to the county and also to Oregon um, Oregon Housing Oh, I'm sorry Oregon Community Foundations. So, which means that we are going to, as Marga mentioned before, we are going to be uh, providing shelter, congregate shelter, once one section of the Columbia Inn, and the next one will be focus for um, people who are um, who haven't been served, who are underserved uh, with the homeless services just because they're not seen, they're not being seen by the community, such as uh, somebody who might be fleeing, fleeing domestic violence and staying in their car or staying or even, you know, staying at their home um, because they don't want to be on the street because there's nowhere else to go. And then we're going to be serving to uh, providing housing to um, minorities, such as the Latinx, uh, Latino population here in Clatsop County, which uh, last uh, point in time count, which is the survey to count the homeless individuals here in Clatsop County, the uh, Latinx uh, population have increased by 10% of uh, experiencing homelessness. And also uh, people who are... Um, who are LGBTQ plus and um, ADA, you know, people who are disabled, physical disability, who are not able to stay at the other uh, places because of their disability. Well, the other partner is the Harbor and Terry Steenbergen is executive director. Terry, can you talk a little about your role in this? The Harbor is involved, I think, uh, for a couple of reasons. I mean, we uh, the housing crisis has really hit, and I think we've talked about this before, has really hit domestic violence survivors um, hard, I guess uh, would be the way to say it. Uh, you know, uh, I think people don't necessarily think about it that much, but uh, when you're living in a domestic violence situation, it is extremely hard to leave that situation for a lot of different reasons. Um, but a huge barrier to getting out is having a place to move into. And we just don't have a lot of options for survivors of domestic violence to go to. Our domestic violence shelter at the Harbor is very small. Um, and so we are full a lot of the time. And uh, last year alone, we had to turn about 100 people away 
from uh, giving them shelter uh, because we just didn't have the resources to house them. Um, we can work with some of our other partners, but again, there's just not a ton of resources in the county. So um, having an option for uh, DV survivors to actually get into will really help out a lot. Um, I think when we when we do actually have to turn somebody away and they they don't, you know, and they don't have another option, they don't leave the situation they're in because it's actually safer to live in a house with your abuser than it is to move onto the streets or to live in your car with your kids. Um, and so it's the cycle of trying to leave again, it it starts back at the beginning again, right? So because um, when you're a survivor, you have to make yourself feel safe in the situation you're in. So it's it's kind of a process. It's not it's not easy to 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 leave again. So I think having just a a more readily available um, option for survivors when they're ready to leave is going to be huge uh, to getting people to safety. The other thing that we're interested in in this project is uh, uh, prevention of abuse. Living on the streets is it puts people at really high risk of uh, violence, um, all types of violence, all types of assault, um, and especially sexual assault. That's true for everybody who's on the streets. Uh, women on the streets experience sexual assault at higher rates than men do. Um, women who have uh, are dealing with mental health issues experience extremely high rates of sexual assault on the street. Um, members of the transgender community experience extremely high rates of violence on the street and then also have fewer shelter options because maybe their gender doesn't quite fit into to a shelter option or they don't feel comfortable staying in the shelter space for various different reasons. Really focusing in on these marginalized populations that are at high risk of being assaulted on the streets is also a preventative effort. Um, and I think that's the other thing that's really great and important about this, this uh, collaboration that we're doing is just that we're able to get people uh, from marginalized communities off the streets. Let me get back to the, the facility itself. First of all, when, when do you expect it to be completed and ready to go? So our goal is to be able to start operating at least a portion of it by June 1st. So we're currently in there doing some remodeling, painting, removing um, removing carpets. So that way we have um, just vinyl flooring easier for care and cleanup. Um, and so June 1st to at least be partially opened and then continue to, to open more beds and make more beds available. From the perspective of what do we anticipate this looking like, we don't anticipate it looking any different than what it already is. You know, we're not trying to call attention to this and kind of in regards to the need of it, you know, we've already talked to Viviana and, and Terry about their partnerships, but really our partnerships go beyond just CCA and the Harbor. Um, you know, we're trying to um, provide shelter housing throughout the county, countywide, you know, each city um, has populations that are dominant in their, in their cities, but they also move around just like we as the house population move around. And so they might come up here for services, they might go to Seaside for services. And so really, we want to be able to try and provide um, shelter throughout the county for all populations. I know that Helping Hands, um, they have their, their Union Town facility. They also have expanded down into or back into, they already had some beds in Seaside, but are expanding those. CCA is working with them on that. Um, CBH is um, expanding some of the permanent supportive housing that they're working on. Lifeboat Services continues to um, 
go through the process to try and provide shelter beds through their operation as well. And so really our hope is that this is just one um, option. So that way to Terry's point, all of these different populations um, are able to be served in some way or another. And, and working as um, countywide communities with law enforcement, with all of the service providers, um, to be able to not um, send people chasing all over the place to find a bed, to be able to say, this is the needs that you have. There is a shelter bed available here. Let's get you there. Let's get you the services, wraparound services, um, and, and the help that you need. My hope is to establish type of a hub and finding out how many beds are available per any, any given night and all the providers will be able to see, okay, so, you know, let's say, for instance, uh, CBH is looking for bed and they'll be able to um, find out if we have anything available or if helping hands have anything available. To me, uh, developing a hub system with data will be will be the ultimate goal. So then we, we don't go, we don't have unutilized beds and we're serving the people that needs to be served. So that is something that I, I've been working on, making sure that, you know, there's a lot to, to be done still, as you mentioned before, MOUs and, and whatnot, and find out if uh, when all the beds will be ready here in Clatsop County from all different uh, community partners, as Monica mentioned, Helping Hands is working on obtaining more beds, CBH, and so on. And then uh, going back to your question about the facility, we how it's going to be a little bit divided just because we have families with children and also we have the congregate shelter. So for the congregate shelter, we'll have meals coming in for that portion, and then we'll have uh, the kitchen for the for the people who are staying more than one night. And so with laundry facility too, we have a big laundry room for the uh, congregate shelter. And then we have another laundry facility and kitchen and, and, and a community room for people who are staying more than just uh, the typical one night. This will be what is called a low barrier shelter. And so there are some shelters that are high barriers, similar to um, the Union Town site for Helping Hands. So in a high barrier situation, you cannot be using. They do um, UAs to test people to make sure that they're clean because they have people who are actively in their recovery programs. And so you want to make sure that the environment that they're in is, um, a, is a sober one. Um, this will be low barrier. And so that means that if somebody is using um, that, they will be able to stay. There won't be UAs, but they um, they need to be um, safe uh, for the for the people that they're staying with. They can't be a threat, um, be violent or any way to themselves or to those that they're staying with, um, and they won't be able to um, actively use on site. They won't be prohibited from staying if they're under the influence, but they also won't be allowed to use on the premises. And, you know, there's, as Viviana mentioned, we're working on the um, operating agreement. And, you know, we want to make sure, even though, um, you know, right across the street, you have the, the state facility, uh, DHS, which, you know, a lot of services, the employment office and such, um, 
but we want to make sure that we're good neighbors. We have businesses and some homes around us already. And so making sure that we aren't disrupting their lives in any way. Um, and, uh, you know, it, it is a hotel. So people do, you know, check in. Um, when you go to a hotel traveling through town, you might not get into town until 11 o'clock at night or, or so forth. Um, but we will have hours that they are to be um, coming in and staying in for the night. They can't be going in and out throughout the night. Um, but then also there might be a situation where it is the middle of the night and somebody um, is uh, on the street somewhere and they need to be finding a shelter bed. And so there will be 24 seven staff coverage on site. And so if there is an individual that law enforcement or one of the um, emergency rooms um, has that they need to um, find a bed for, they would be able to contact and they would be able to go through the check-in process, even if it's after the curfew hours. It's so important for us to have a low barrier shelter uh, for all of these populations, especially survivors of domestic violence and sexual assaults. Um, you know, they are, you know, a, a lot of survivors are use substances either because they're coping with the trauma that they've been through, or maybe um, whoever it is that they um, was causing them harm has forced them to use substances. Um, so a lot of, a lot of those folks are using substances. A lot of those folks are dealing with uh, trauma. So they're dealing with a lot of mental health issues um, and uh, anxiety, depression, uh, a lot of that stuff. And then um, folks, you know, come in with their children. And then some folks have pets that are so important to them, right? And they they leave an abusive situation or they end up on the streets and they have a dog and like somebody's like, oh, you can come into, our, you know, into shelter, but you have to leave your pet behind and nobody wants to do that. So we're also going to allow pets um, into the into the spaces because, you know, we know how important uh, pets are uh, to all of our families, uh, especially somebody who, um, you know, is in this particular situation. So I just wanted to sort of mention that as have, how having a low barrier shelter is, is super important. Important. Um, and back to, you know, mental health and, and substance use, we'll also be working pretty uh, closely as we all do already with CBH to make sure that uh, the people who are interested in, interested in becoming sober are able to do that. And that actually also opens up a lot more options for transitional housing and shelter for them, right? That, that uh, it, it opens up more options for permanent housing as well. So um, it's also a place where we can bring people in uh, to work with them to get to the next step. So people can um, work on becoming sober, they can work through some trauma issues and they can, they can get that extra support in this shelter and then they can maybe move on to a, a tra transitional housing space or, or find more permanent housing because we're all working together as we are able to develop housing, you know, Chelsea Gardens is um, in, in process in Warrington. There's projects happening down in Seaside, you know, Owens Adair will hopefully continue to move forward. Um, being able to know that there are beds or, or apartments that might be able to come available. So when a person is ready to transition from this shelter situation to a permanent supportive housing situation to a permanent housing situation. Um, so, so being able to work collaboratively to know who the clients are that we are trying to find that more um, permanent, permanent space for is really important. What's the plan for, for staffing uh, during the day, during the evening? So staffing will be done 24 seven. We are going to have a shelter uh, manager 
we are looking at um, uh, intensive uh, search just to make sure that we have the right people at the shelter. Just because it's it has so multi, it's so it has some multi faces, right? So we want to make sure that the people that we hire understand what it's uh, what it's like to be homeless as a you know uh, somebody with struggle with addiction to somebody who's free in domestic violence. So in in you know CC and the Harbor will be working on making sure that we have the right people in place. Monica, I want to come back to the point you were making though that that this is all part of a larger issue that we have to face and that includes a housing crisis that extends beyond homelessness. Any light on the horizon in that regard? You know, I think that um, everybody continues to to make efforts. Um, you know, there's a lot of challenges as a county that we face. Um, you know, we we have a lot of developmental barriers regarding um, wetlands. Um, a lot of the undeveloped land that we do have has a lot of um, mitigation factors that that are costly, and it makes it. Um, difficult to not just develop affordable housing, but to develop workforce and, um, you know, uh, middle income housing, because those those development costs are are great. Um, and then, you know, there's a lot of things happening at the state level um, that make it even more difficult as a county that um, is in a coastal community. Um, there's what's the called the FEMA buyout um, that will make it really difficult for any development to happen, um, you know, in the flat areas, um, the inundation areas, um, and so, so that that that's just one challenge that we face. Um, but there are, like I mentioned, there are projects that um, CCA, CBH, the CPCCO are working on down in Seaside. Um, Helping Hands again is also expanding. Um, there are uh, the the Chelsea Gardens. I can't I can't say for sure when that will be opening, but I do know that they're taking applications now um, for those. Yeah, so so for those apartments, Owens Adair. Um, I know that they they made it through the next phase with the city's um, uh, planning commission. So hopefully that will will get underway. Um, but it is it's it's all part of a larger picture to be able to find um, housing of all types. It's not just affordable housing, it's middle income housing, it's, you know, it's workforce housing. And, and when you say workforce housing, I mean, that's pretty much everybody because everybody's workforce pays at a different rate. And so, so being able to afford anything for anybody who's working in Clatsop County is a challenge. I'd like to just finish by asking each of you to, to, to say what you would like, because I know I've forgotten to ask something important. And so what what would you like people to know that I haven't asked you about? Um, well, from the county perspective, you know, we look at this. Um, the cities are all responsible for their jurisdictions. Um, and the county ha has worked um, with CCA for a number of years. We funded what um, a, a portion of a home countywide homeless liaison position. So that way, um, countywide, this person or these people are moving around and trying to help the homeless populations. Ideally, 
it would be that we have housing and we have beds available that we can get these people into those beds. But we don't want to move the problem from city to city because we're a county. We we need to take care of all of our people. And so we want to find a countywide solution. And, and we're doing our best to work with all of the cities to try to try and address that at a countywide level. Um, in regards to the Columbia Inn project, you know, the county will continue to um we're going to we're we're going to work with CCA and um and the harbor in regards to them operating the facility but the county since we own the building will maintain the facility so it's not you know if people are worried it, that it's going to become an eyesore and run down you know that the county is going to continue to take care of the property um in the condition that it is if not better and so um we we want people we want this project to be successful because one we want the state to recognize that we need their support so that way we can continue to address this um, at a countywide level the um the county board of commissioners work really hard to get added to the governor's emergency declaration um the third time we were added um unfortunately that does not come with any funding. Um, the other counties that were automatically named in that do get funding. What the what class of county will get is technical support. Um, so that way, if there's grant funding that becomes available, we can apply for it, just like any other county that isn't part of the declaration. Um, and, and they'll provide us with technical support to fill out those grant applications to hopefully be more successful. Um, we want the state to recognize that the county has a problem. We can do this. We can do it successfully. And we can help our community um, recover and, and not be a part of this statewide and nationwide crisis. Any other thoughts? Well, two things. The uh, one, uh, you mentioned drugs and alcohol. And mm -hmm. um, you know, I keep saying that that happens to anybody. People who are housed too are, you know, have an alcohol issue and a drug issue. They're just the differences that they have a place to be. Um, in any type of housing that we offer to our community, it's so much better than sleeping on a sidewalk, a tent, a tarp, or or not sleeping at all. So um, I just. I really would love the support of the community to be able to offer what we can to our unsheltered population. Thanks, Viviana, for saying that. Um, I also just wanted to um, just sort of reiterate that this is such an amazing um, program and it's been so great working with the county and with CCA. And um, I think we really do need more resources uh, for the people living on the streets and especially those who are from marginalized populations. I think um, we don't necessarily recognize as much that there are so many domestic violence survivors and sexual assault survivors um, and uh, to us LGBTQI plus youth living on the streets, but they are out there and they feel unsafe and they really need a place to go. And so this is going to be uh, so great for them. And it's really important for us to have a low barrier trauma informed um, option uh, for folks who are dealing with pretty significant trauma. Um, and so thanks to everybody for making that happen. And I also, uh, and I hope this is okay, Roger, but I'm, uh, I also wanted to say that um, uh, if you're interested in supporting the Harbor's work, 
uh, our annual soup bowl is coming up on May 20th. And so if you would like to come and I want everybody to do that, uh, you can buy tickets at harbornw.org backslash soup bowl. Well, I want to thank you all for being here, uh, for what you're doing primarily, for being here and to, to talk about it. And I wish you great success with this and also great support from the community. I hope that comes with it as well. So thanks very much. Thanks, Roger. Thank you for having us. You've been listening to The Human Beat and our discussion of the Columbia Inn, which Clatsop County has purchased to provide housing for the homeless. Our guests were Monica Steele, the Assistant County Manager, Viviana Matthews, Executive Director of Clatsop Community Action, and Terry Steenbergen, Executive Director of the Harbor. Thanks for listening. See you next week.